questions we're ready for. Ask Ozzy, ask Ozzy. How to open up some doors. Ask Ozzy, ask Ozzy. Work-life balance, what's that for? Ask Ozzy, ask Ozzy. What if I've been here before? Ask Ozzy, ask Ozzy. You know what to do, you know who to call, you gotta ask Ozzy, ask Ozzy, ask Ozzy. Yeah. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Ask Ozzy. We're super thrilled to be here right are you alive yeah the smoke not killing you (laughs) i know it's been weird and um because we're experiencing these smoke smokes on the east coast are you getting any of it michael uh we just had our first like bad weather warning today i'm in michigan for those who don't know uh yeah so we got our first like warning it's gonna be bad but like visibly it's like nothing so i can see it was freaky here it's um, on Wednesday in the New York City Hoboken area, it got so like crazy apocalyptic. Excuse my pronunciation, <laughs> but creepy. And we had to figure out we have the biggest dog, as most of y'all know. And um, I felt bad because people were like, wear a mask, but I was like, Goose can't wear a mask. So I go out like maskless for two like hour long walks with him because I'm like he still needs to get his in solidarity out. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> today I feel like I'm you feel dying it. a bit. Yeah. So. Well funny when our guest came on today they mentioned uh about how they have experienced this in their life because they're on the West Coast. Oh and they man. have like a season of this. So it's kind of funny that this guest is knows how you're feeling. And I have no idea because I'm from the Midwest and have never lived on a coast. I know. <laughs> We're super excited to have you here, Brennan. Yeah. You wanna, no, it's you... great to be here. I was I was just gonna say you guys got the mini series, the fire season. You got the full <laughs> feature film every year out here. Uh, so I was telling Michael, I was there the day the world ended where the sky was so orange that my orange car could not be deciphered. Uh, from you have an background. orange car? I, well, I did. I sold it oh, to be okay. an entrepreneur. So that's a whole nother story. That's fine. <laughs> I love orange that. is my favorite color. So, um, it's a great one. That's great. great one. Was it a choice or did you just uh, take that? Color uh, well, so, so I, I, yeah, so. You know, let's go deep quick. Uh, I, I my license got suspended because I got too many speeding tickets in my cross country driving during the pandemic. Uh, and and apparently, driving so fast that you forget the world is falling apart around you is not an acceptable reason to drive really fast. Huh, people don't <laughs> people don't take that as a reason for you. Huh? I, I, I thought we were just giving everybody a pass. Yeah, right? No, nope, apparently not. I can't get out of my car, so let me just be in it, all right? <laughs> yes. I feel like police were actually, like, pulling over everyone because probably. they meet their quotas during that time, probably. Did not you fault the car goes fast. It feels better driving at 105 than 605. <laughs> the car's designed to go that bad. They don't put. My dad would always say they don't put the numbers on the speedometer unless they want you to go that fast. <laughs> I know. I am. I make the mistake of like our car. You don't have to tap it much to go very quick. And then I look down, or my partner calls me out, and it's like you're going a hundred, and I'm like, it doesn't feel like I'm going hundred. Like, honestly, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, we're super excited to have Brennan from Go Charlie AI, which is super exciting. Um, I crossed paths with you during the Morning Brew Accelerator program. 
Is, yeah. like, is it still called that or did they rebrand? I think they've rebranded to um, Learning Brew now. Okay. I still get messages from recruiters saying, hey, I'm so impressed with your work in the accelerator. I'm like, <laughs> You're what, like what? what accelerator? No, oh, that thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was one of the coolest um, programs. And I would recommend everyone check out Learning Brew and the team over there. It's run by Morning Brew. Really well thought out programs, but also the alumni network that you're tapping into um, is really unique and great people and just a community where you can collaborate and chat. And it sounds like you've taken full advantage, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my first angel investment was this guy that built Angelus for space investing. And I met him literally day one of that program. And then uh, there's a girl named Masha Tatova who started a um, oh, yeah, the launch lingerie brand. She's yeah. coming in as our first growth hire for Go Charlie. Oh, so like, cool. Every time I come to New York, I meet more people that are in the program and just uh, there's been so much value I've gotten out of it on the back end that like oh, I couldn't cool. recommend it enough. It's the best thousand dollars I ever spent. I know. Affordable. And I love Morning Brew's newsletter. And I feel like they did a really great job with building out the content for the program to really align with the easiness, simple, witty, like all that in the program as well. So that's cool. I remember going to a picnic in New York with some of the crew and I met her. So that's funny. Yeah. Um that that's your hire. So yeah. um I'm curious, one thing that you said was you sold your car. So was that for Go Charlie or a different startup? Yeah, that that was for Go Charlie. So wow. um so prior to prior to that I was working at SoftBank, uh, which is probably the most money I've ever made. And I'm not saying that just to say it, it's more so uh I then went from that to not getting paid for six months. Uh, and then getting paid five grand a month in San Francisco for another six months, which for those that don't know, five grand in San Francisco does not go very far, uh, especially if you have like an import car payment that you're doing. So I got rid of the car, uh, may have been driven by some other things, but that was just a way to extend personal runway. And I really didn't need a car when I was working. So, yeah. Of course. Good for you doing that. It takes um, courage, I'm sure. And it's yeah. really cool. Um, I've always wanted to do the entrepreneur thing and then I feel like I get there and then I give up and I'm learning to through this podcast. I feel like Michael has really pushed me to keep hanging on. <laughs> so, I want to give, I'm sorry. I, I just want to say, I want to give Brendan a chance. I told him that he was going to intro himself and he told us he was going to have fun with it. Yes. So like, make sure you right. tee, tee him up for it, Austin, if you don't mind. Yes, I would love to just learn a little bit more about you. And I have some questions about Go Charlie. Mainly, who is Charlie and is he in your house right now? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, let me let me jump in, tell the listeners a little bit about me. Um, so I, I'm Brendan Woodruff. I'm co-founder of Go Charlie, COO. So I am not the coder of our team, I'm not the AI scientist. I am the guy that brings money in. So I raise money, marketing, and sales. I'm also HR, legal, finance, pretty much anything that doesn't touch coding, that's all me. Uh, but what people may not know is that prior to this, uh, I, I've worked in a couple different places that you may have heard of. Uh, but I am a born and bred Hoosier. So anyone listening that went to Indiana, that is where my heart will always lie. It's called a Hoosier? Yeah, Hoosier, yeah. Uh, and then when you look up the definition of Hoosier, no one knows what that means. 
It's yeah. generally someone from Indiana. Um, or it's or it's a, a a movie poster that you'll see with Gene Hackman. That's exactly. one of the two things I mean, that you'll get. <laughs> that's, that's really what we all want is the Gene Hackman movie, to be quite honest. But um, but yeah, so I grew up in Indiana. I went to KPMG's deal advisor group in Chicago first, like any Midwestern boy does. And I worked with a team out of New York, decided let's see the bright lights for a couple of years, went to New York, decided I didn't want to be a partner at KPMG, didn't really like the lifestyle. Um, it would have been a lot more fun doing what I've done now, but I took a very long Uber X, went to go work for Uber um, in San Francisco. So I launched bikes, scooters, self-flying vehicles, self-driving vehicles, even got to do some Uber as a platform and ultimately helped them IPO, which was really awesome, kind of the gold star. Decided that wasn't chaotic enough with the SoftBank's vision funds, where we did 50 billion in invested capital over a summer and some change in 120 companies. Decided that wasn't chaotic enough. And so I went to a pre-revenue startup and that's where we're at today. So um, that's how I got to go Charlie. But I did tell Michael I was going to have some fun with it. And so my fun fact is that I am the male version of Catherine Heigl. Uh, so if you've seen the movie 27 Dresses, I am the male equivalent. I'm 35 tuxes. I've been 35 I, That's amazing. I've officiated three weddings. <laughs> so, Austin, I know you were talking about a wedding. If, if you need help, I can tell you what you definitely shouldn't do, and I can tell you what ramps it up. So, in the odd chance you need an officiate, but I know where to go. That's quite a lot of tuxes. Did you buy them all, or are you saying you rented, or do you oh. have a closet like she did in the movie? Well, so, like, my me being from the midwest everybody gets married really early there that's just the, mm -hmm. the trend and then when i moved away i was like okay i'm getting invited to way too many weddings either people know that i like to dance or that i can give speeches or that i just look good in a suit and have single friends that wouldn't pair me up but i don't know probably a mix of all three but what i i, I did this strategy where i was like okay it's behavioral economics just tell them i can't come to the wedding unless i'm in it and then they started putting me in every freaking wedding oh my word and so Thank God I was traveling for KPMG at the time so I could just like travel to the weddings on the weekends. Like I would be gone for six weeks at a time because I'm just going to a wedding every weekend. But it was amazing. It's like you were getting to meet up with all your friends all the time. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Very cool. Cool fact. What is one way thing you would say like makes a wedding important or epic? Mm, I epic. forget the term you said. <laughs> yeah. So three, three things I always coach people getting married to do. One is... If it's the bride and groom I'm talking to, make sure that they find a moment away from the crowd to really just kind of bask mm -hmm. in all the people that are gathered. Because I see too many brides and grooms where they go through their wedding day and they're doing, 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 and they don't get to enjoy any part of all of these people are here to celebrate them and the journey that they've come on to get there. I think the second piece is find a band that can play Wake Me Up in an eight-piece band setup by Avicii. Kills every time. And if they got Uptown Funk in them, even better. Uh, and then and third is just have a really awesome flower girl, whether that's like a dude with a fanny pack throwing out flowers the or actual a girl or a dog, just nail the flower girl part and you're, you're golden. I know so many things there. I think the first two <laughs> I've definitely saw for and um, someone mentioned the time away and like pulling away our planners on that, but we don't have a flower person. And I'm like, maybe oh, that's dear. something we have to figure out. Michael told me before the call he wanted to be the flower person. 
I know that's my dream. I, I do want to. I do want to uh, chime in with a little fa- a little fact. <laughs> um, the the uh, Jewish Jewish weddings, Jewish culture, they have that built into the ceremony called uh, Yichud, I believe is Y I C H D is the of it, and it's a it's a specific time that the bride and groom should not be seen by anyone. That's oh, like the rule of it. And they oh, have that amazing. right after the vows and every after they leave and everything. That's like that. cool. So. Yeah, that's when a lot of people say they do it. And like, so my, our person was like, don't even go to cocktail hour. And I was like, mm, that seems extreme. But maybe like <laughs> 20 minutes away from yeah. it. So yeah. we'll see. We're excited. It's just countdown mode and all the things. I feel like people are opinionated and it's lots of money flying out the door. But we're excited. Um, back to you though. That's a, a lot. You've done a lot in your career, takes risk, all that good stuff. And so walk us through Charlie and was it a p- project you started? Did you join other people? Like when did you get in? Yeah. So funny enough, that morning group program we were talking about was really the catalyst for me deciding I wanted to go do something more entrepreneurial. Um, so hopefully this is like a quiz fact at some point in some book somewhere. But uh, originally I was going to start like a fan engagement music NFT platform, kind of like a mix of OnlyFans and Royal.io, where stars could issue their own cryptocurrency and that token could be redeemed for like special backstage passes, interactions with the artists, all that sort of stuff. But then I realized money transmission laws are very difficult to get around. Uh, so at the time I was. Uh, advising companies in this accelerator called Alchemist, the B2B accelerator out of San Francisco. And uh, funny enough, my buddy calls me up from my fraternity and says, hey, do you know anything about structuring early stage equity packages for startups? I'm like, sure. Talk to him for an hour. Tell him I'm trying to start a company. Come back to him with an idea. Does that sound really hard? What do you know about generative AI? And so he introduced me to the CEO who I was unknowingly consulting. So at that point, he just had an idea. He had a couple That's slides, awesome. had an idea. But he's like, I know I can build this. I think this will be the future. This is going to be defined in technology decade. And I was like, you know what? Let's go early stage and try to like really see if my ego is as big as what it thinks it is taking on this challenge. Uh, and I will say oh, it's, uh, it's been the most rewarding and the most challenging experience all rolled into one fun fruit roll-up. <laughs> I love but, that. Uh, but, but, fruit roll-up. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I kind of want one. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah so so a little bit about charlie a little bit about like who we are what we do uh so the company itself is called go charlie ai for anyone listening uh we are a generative ai platform for creating marketing content um so for those of you that are familiar with jasper copy.ai even some people think chat gpt is good for this which is not um (laughs) we are a generative company that can create text and image-based content but what we can also do and you guys should definitely try this out is we have this really cool suite called content repurposing where you can upload an audio video file, text, uh, blurb, a website, a YouTube URL, or even an image file, and use that as seeding content for anything else you want to create. So for instance, Michael, you rip this video down, you could feed that right into the blender and create an entire social media campaign based off of That's everything that Charlie identified in the video. That's right. So you get accompanying video plus the, the text output. We're really thinking of like what are new ways or new workflows we can imagine because of this 
AI technology and what's possible. That's really cool because yeah. I remember um, being in the Morning Brew Slack group and you posted, like, I would say maybe V1 of Charlie. <laughs> and I joined just as like a free trial. And at the time, he was only doing like short line creations, I believe. I could be wrong. Call me out if I'm wrong. But then now you're telling me it's like evolved so much. So that's, and that was only probably a year ago. Oh, yeah. Like, so we released the very first MVP of this, I think, a year and a week ago. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, a year and a week ago. And they say if you're not embarrassed of your first product, you waited too long to launch. Well, let me tell you, we did not wait too long to launch. Um, it was, <laughs> bright blue and orange like we're talking the color of the sky in new york orange and in like royal blue like that rare beanie baby elephant blue like that that level so just ultra saturated colors we had no idea what we were doing hadn't talked to any customers we're like all right let's just launch this bad boy on apps and figure it out uh and so that's how we got our first hundred customers they just bought it on AppSumo, and they're like this is garbage fix all this and maybe we'll come back and so we we did that uh, and then September of last year, we launched the revamp product and things took off. Uh, it was pretty incredible. We uh, got mentioned in the Wall Street Journal when Jasper raised their round without us knowing. Literally, Sequoia sent us that article. Probably the coolest way to find out during the WSA. Yeah. That's and cool. then from there, we like doubled revenue, lifetime to date the next day, tripled it the next day. And then we launched an affiliate program. We caught fire. And so it's just been this this fun roller coaster i think my friend best described it as like successive s curves which like i <laughs> continues to think about where it's like oh yeah sweet we're awesome we're awesome we're awesome oh god no we're not so awesome and then we come back up he's like but it, but those keep building on each other so it kind of looks like you're always going up to the right but it doesn't feel like that in the moment michael <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy yeah it feels um, like an actual roller coaster. Like you're actually this, this seat actually has a simulation of a roller coaster. <laughs> if you try, there's special. It looks setting. like it might. It has a nice headrest. <laughs> buckle down. Um, very cool. Uh, so for like, is Charlie your pet or someone else's? Back to the hair question. Okay, so th- this is where it's going to get a little weird for the listeners. Um. So up until about two months ago, I actually had a life-size stuffed golden retriever. His name was not Charlie. His name was Rowdy. So for any Scrubs fans, that's where that came from. There's two um, stuffed dogs were named Steven and Rowdy. So my buddy and I in different cities had different life-size golden retrievers that were stuff, uh, to take after the Scrubs show. So Scrubs fandom aside, Charlie is actually our CEO's dog. Okay. Um, there's an actual real Charlie. He is not photogenic. He does not like typing on a computer. I've tried to make him a dog influencer. And that's <laughs> um, but Charlie is also just a, he's an AI engine. Uh, so there's a, a very long acronym for it, but he is an actual pet. Yeah. Oh, does every letter mean something in Charlie? It, it does, but it's such a long acronym yeah. that I always forget it. I think we just made up the acronym for it at one point. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. I saw on your website that Charlie does have a little picture and he's an actual dog. I just didn't know who had Charlie. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for also um, 
reposting and sharing kind of the question set just because it's always good to get different perspectives and curiosities from people. So I know Michael put together some questions. Um, yep, yep, yep. We should probably dig into those. Let's dive in. Um, I think uh, some of these have a theme. I want to say these questions a little bit. Are they uh, AI theme? They are. I have, to, I have to imagine they're AI theme. Yeah, <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> um, all right, here is the first one. I am wary of it, so I don't like it. What would you say to help me to be more comfortable with AI? Signed, Wary Walt. I think this is fair. I think with AI in the world right now, people have that doom idea of robots taking over the world. Um, I mean, that's what the entertainment industry has taught us ever since the 90s. Um, so so what do you kind of say to that um, in terms of like people being wary maybe not or scared to try out your product to help with the social and all that stuff let me answer your question with a question do you guys think that AI is no I don't I think it supports us and maybe makes us a bit more I see it as something and sorry to talk so much but I like see it as a baseline for certain things and like enables us to maybe be better um yeah yeah i see it as a tool at the end of the day that's all it is it's just a another computer software that can help make things do my job better faster yeah so i I, michael i I love that you the point that you made because that's usually where i start um i think sam altman shares a view i think there's a lot of ai folks who share the same view the the current ai that we have is actually very dumb ai I'll, i'll get into what that means a little bit later but i I don't think it's going to be the genocidal technology, and I don't think we're even close to that level of AI that would create. That being said, more to this question, I think the way you get comfortable with it is you kind of view it similar to drones. Like drones were initially like killing machines, and then they had to go over this hurdle to get to having real commercial application. And I think that's kind of the moment that we had with ChatGPT, where it went from this technology that because of the movies we've been brainwashed to think is going to kill all of us because the AI will see us as the imperfection and rid us from the planet. Uh, and I just don't see that happening. But I think if you think about it similarly to drones, it's like there's real commercial application. There's real efficiencies that can be gained. We don't have to have people go climb bridges and potentially die falling off to inspect them anymore because of drones. Similarly, we can have AI run functions that are not possible in a human life. And so I try to think about what are the benefits AI can provide me in limited use. Now, I, there's a separate group of people that we always have to think about here, which is those that think they're going to be replaced by AI. And I would say we're not there yet. We probably will get there. But I think there's this very interesting discussion we need to have as a society of like, do we actually want to work? Um, because there's some people that are just working as a means to go do the things that they love in life. You know, maybe if we automate away much of that white collar labor, they could actually just do that full time. Maybe we get to a place that's a passion driven economy. And maybe we get to a place that's just so unfathomably good by AI being able to take away all these rudimentary jobs that, that it's amazing. Now, is it going to be perfect? No. Is it going to be a smooth transition? Probably not because it's moving so fast. But I, I think to get more comfortable, you just have to get immersed in it and see that it can actually solve real problems and it can actually make life better for you if you're willing to take the time to spend on it. Well said. Amen. I have to talk about this stuff all the time, so if, <laughs> if I ever start pitching, that's why. <laughs> no, it's helpful. I think the media also 
shows it in certain lights and it's like scary sometimes for people but give it i feel like try it i remember my partner um his dad sent an email about um a news article about ai and then i wrote in chat gpt i was like i just received an email from my partner's father and like set up the scene and i was like can you write a reply (laughs) Yeah, and it was kind of funny because I used the reply, and then I was like, "Hey, and like that was actually," um, and it's just funny how different people learn different ways. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's truly incredible. I mean, people might just go to the University of ChatGPT now to learn. I mean, for- it's cheaper than a student <laughs> loan debt. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot cheaper than <laughs> grad school. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> I think it was funny. I got into a, a discussion of a former guest of ours, Roy uh, Choi, Roy Cho, right? Is that how you say his last name? I, per- I forgot it. Oh, Robin. Robin. Um, Robin Cho. Sorry. Yes. Higher Suite. He uh, does chat GPT with AI and recruiters and everything of that nature. Um, and when we posted our episode, some people wrote back to me about how why won't this replace jobs and everything? And I thought uh, really, I can't remember who else said this, but uh, a really good way to put this is like, you can, you're still going to have somebody that puts in a prompt. You're still going to have somebody that looks over that prompt. You're still going to have somebody that has to put that prompt into something, at least right now until AI gets to a point where all of this is automated. Right. So it's not going to be a complete like blackness of job. Like no one's going to work. I mean, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, I I think you're kind of seeing the camp that is willing to adopt it early. It's not a I'm adopting this in lieu of an employee. It's I'm adopting this so I can do 500 times the amount of the same workforce. Mm-hmm. It's margin arbitrage or revenue growth. I think we will get to a place where you're you're not hiring as much because AI solutions are so powerful. But it's going to be just like email, where like we thought email was going to be our savior because we didn't have to wait for like mail, but it ended up just making us have more things to do, uh, because mm-hmm. everything moves so, so much faster. So true. Thank all you right. for sending in that question. Yeah, Don't very be well scared. Uh, all right. These next two, I kind of think go within um, each other. Um, the first one being from Victor, what is the best way to use AI as a jumping off point while still maintaining your own voice? And the second from Sarah, do you think there is a stigma that it is disingenuous or misleading to use these tools as sort of a shortcut? How would you respond if someone said that? I think these kind of uh, bring up the question, and I'm curious about GoCharlie being in that social creation space. How can I create something that doesn't sound like a computer created it, right? And how can I keep my own voice within there and everything? How do you uh, respond to that? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious in, in your guys' usage of these tools, have you kind of felt like it was a shortcut or did it feel like it was immensely helpful? You want to go ask them? I find, and I could be using it wrong, so it could be user error. I've used ChatGPT a few times to either get a baseline for an email. I'm on a board of a, um association and I do like their email blast and like a lot of times I would rather have a baseline to support that. But I feel like I feed it so much info that I could have probably just drafted it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So that's kind of the weirdness I find, but I feel like it has a voice and it's interesting how like I'll have a thread for like we're doing this event and I like feed it, hey, I need a follow-up email or I need a thank you email to the fundraising people or and it's crazy how it remembers that and then it gets smarter, you know? Um, did that answer? Yeah, I I I'm in the same boat. I it I will say it is a shortcut in terms of typing out things but i do just as much work trying to refine what it puts out to either be in more of my voice or be what kind of information i need to put out there but i i would never call it like a a shortcut as in like it's gonna be faster it it might be like five minutes faster on some emails you know what i mean but not not everything like that yeah so i it's great perspective and there's a reason why i asked it um so like we're we generate marketing content that's where the majority of all this ai technology is being applied which kind of sucks at first when you think about it because it's like the best minds in the world are focused on making better ad making machines (laughs) google facebook and open ai unintentionally but it's a very real need you have to create content and as michael mentioned you need to be using it in your voice uh so what i normally respond to that is like the best way to use these tools is human AI collaboration. I I don't think that you should just be asking for something. And when you ask, you have to ask in a way that actually directs the AI to get you what you want. We're not yet to this place where the AI is intuitive enough to know, hey, I know he's going to ask for that, so I'm just going to send it through. We'll get there eventually, but it's, it's not that way. And so you have to have that collaboration of giving the right prompts to get the right output. Um, Now, where we take it a step further is we allow you to set a brand voice at a project level. So you can give information about your business and ingest that and ultimately writes within the context of that business with the, with the project specific context window. That's how you can kind of maintain your voice throughout everything that you're creating on the platform itself. Now, on the shortcut part, <laughs> look, uh, I, I don't know about others, but I think everybody in life is trying to figure out the quickest way to get to the place that they want to go. And if they're if they're willing to use tools that are available to everybody to try to get there, I, I wouldn't call that a shortcut. I would just call that them taking their path. I I've, I've ha- I feel empathetically for the artist communities that feel that they've been wronged by their art being suctioned into uh, some of these generative AI models against their will. Like that that's probably where I I would draw the line a little bit. It is a bit of a shortcut there, but I think there's this flip side of the argument that's not being discussed enough, which is how many people can now create that formerly couldn't? How many more beautiful ideas do we have in the world as a result of this incremental cost of creation being at zero now? How many barriers have we knocked down language issues? We have customers that are dyslexic. Like that was one of the most powerful calls I've ever had. I got on a call and this guy goes, I was dyslexic until I used your tool and now I feel comfortable sharing my writing because I have support through it. Like, I don't know if someone was cutting onions, but I was bawling after that call and it's like, that's not, it's so glossed over in the media. It's all about like AI is going to kill us all. And it's not about, wow, this is like one of the biggest technology shifts in our entire lifetime. And our first reaction is not shut it down. That's. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was on mute. Um, I keep coughing because of that. Because <laughs> you're dying. Um, it's, I never really thought about that piece um, in regards to just if you do have it neurodivergent uh, like challenge that 
you face and then this is helping uncover certain things because of that yeah. um, so it's wild i'm excited to see where it expands you mentioned one thing that i was like oh interesting you mentioned like currently it's not set up to like think ahead but yeah. i'm like it one day will charlie say like oh i see you're doing a instagram post every wednesday about xyz here's next week's or you know yeah yeah so there, there's there's two things i want to mention there so one uh that's a product i wanted to build for a while called it's called retriever where effectively you say these are the channels that i create content for try to target uh my content to and here's some information about my business and then every week it would just consider trends your business and the content structure in your target audience and it would just ship you an email saying hey i generated this for you. that's an ideal product i'd like to get to at some point but then more to your your point about like where does this all evolve to so we just announced last week something called a cognitive agent now this this is where it starts to get really wild so the current ai for people that don't know is uh, it's called a large language model it's based on something called a transformer architecture um, now i don't are either of you guys sports people basketball guys i i played it but am i now no <laughs> i like to okay. drink at sports okay there we go i like i like that style i like that style so so back in indiana like basketball is religion and so my analogies for how i discuss ai architectures is is basketball and so the large language models, think about that as like, I'm teaching a model to shoot a free throw really, really well. Like that's all I'm teaching it how to do. And so it's really good at shooting free throws, but it doesn't know what a foul is, why I shoot free throws, what a score is, what out of bounds is, who the other team is, doesn't know any of that. It's just really good at shooting free throws. There's this other side of AI called cognitive architectures, and that's like teaching theory. So you teach someone the theory of basketball so they know all the concepts but they're probably going to get swatted out of the gym the first time they go up for a shot because they've never taken a shot before and they have no idea. So hmm. traditionally, those two sides of AI have been separate. So anyone that's listening that knows Gary Marcus, he's on the cognitive architecture side. And anyone that knows OpenAI, they're on the transformer side. I think those things are going to come together. And our way of doing that is called cognitive agents. The cognitive agent is a brain that understands the tools that are available to him. And then you can write a very complex uh, request and he will spin up the necessary tools to get it done. So what something might like this might look like is research generative AI and Bitcoin and establish a stance on which would be a better investment at the current moment, turn that into a blog, and then a social campaign across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and some accompanying meme. And the AI will go, okay, that's a very complex task. I have all these tools available to me. I'm going to use them in this sequence to create all of that. And it comes back with all that information all at once. It reasons determines the proper tools and then creates it. That's where I think this AI is going to go. I, I think before it goes proactive AI, you're just going to see a lot more complex use of uh, the AI. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I, that was uh, that was yeah, some knowledge. Thank you. I mean, if I'm on the call and people are asking about AI, I, I, I feel a responsibility to share at least my level of technical expertise. Yeah. Like, I get on calls with my team and I'm like, I have no idea what you just said, but I think it's the right thing. <laughs> well, because I, I like, honestly thought that AI was the, all of them were the cognitive one that you described, where yeah. it's, you're Everybody putting does. in that theory, um, you're putting yeah. in that idea, but 
instead you're literally just putting in the verbatim what you want them to do in large me, language that's what let me means. blow your mind again okay. ai is not actually improving the more you use it okay it's not so, what's it no no it's not so it the the feigning of that is actually just called a context window so chat gpt its threads are just context windows so that just means the more that you've had a conversation, the better it is at responding within the context of that conversation because it has more context. Think if you have a long conversation about a topic with someone, the more you talk about that topic, the better you understand what they're trying to figure out about that topic. So no AI models are actually improving in real time. That's incredibly expensive to do. So machine learning is a process, but in these AI models, you train them at a point in time. That's why ChatGPT was limited to 2021. So like everybody, including myself, thought AI just meant like, oh, it's constantly improving, but it's not actually happening in that like very well-oiled way. Like how all of our brains are jumping to that conclusion. <laughs> like, and how all the media is like, oh yeah, yeah this AI model is going to kill us all in like a year because it's constantly improving. I'm like, you know how expensive it is to train an AI model? And then the conversation. But another nugget of goodness it was spelled whenever I started. All right, let's jump into this last question. Uh, and I think this is a perfect point for it. And also maybe talk about how GoCharlie um, can work for someone in this uh, particular scenario. So last question from Ben. For someone new to using AI for blog slash social media, what are the top three pointers you'd give them, you'd give to maximize use right out of the gate? Yeah, so I'll, I'll do a couple of things here. One, uh, just more general, using any AI tool. And then I can talk a little bit about how we've approached this for GoCharlie specifically. So I think that the first and foremost thing is like, do not think that you have to use AI. That, that's like my big disclaimer. Like there's a lot of people that I'm talking to right now. They're like, oh, I got to use AI. I got to use AI. I got to use AI. They don't even know what problem they're trying to solve. So how can you sell them a tool? They don't even know what they're trying to solve. It's, it's like the chicken and the egg problem. Like you can implement an AI tool, but if it doesn't actually solve a problem you need, then you're just going to churn. Um, so get clear on like what takes you a long time. And I can almost guarantee you someone is working on that with an AI tool. That's where I try to start is what's that problem. So taking it into this question, what usually takes people a lot of time is writing longer form content and blog. What most people don't know is that 80% of all of OpenAI's traffic is for SEO blog writing. That is 80% of all traffic on ChatGPT, on their APIs, on all the apps that are built on top because all of these models are trained on internet data. And so they're all optimized for SEO already. So it's just an inherent thing. So for someone that's starting out to do blogs and social media using AI, I think there's a couple of things you can do to be really, um, really good at right out of the gate. One is identifying the target audience that you're trying to address and making sure you're clear on that and what platforms they live on. If you know those couple things, you can drive that into the content. The AI can adjust based on target audience, based on channel. But then the second piece kind of gets into what we're doing at GoCharlie. So if you try to go to ChatGPT and you say, just write me a blog, write me a social media post, it'll do okay, but you can tell that it's not done. And so like, why would you use a tool where you're getting a version you have to edit pretty extensive and it's not really saving you any time. You're spending more time editing than if you just wrote the thing and it was imperfect anyway. So I call this the last mile of AI, where you're going from 60% of the way there to 95 to 99% of the way there. And so what that looks like for us is you get branded content using your brand voice, your products, and you get that in a ready-to-publish format. That means structure is correct, 
right target audience has been considered we have a grammarly for engagement style scoring system that can help you improve content that you already have created so i think that last mile is something important to look for so that might look like if you request an instagram post it should come up in like a couple short little paragraphs and sentences with some emojis some hashtags and some periods falling after it you want something that looks and feels like the end product you don't want something that's just like this long text of pros unless maybe you're a wellness coach or you you own a wellness retreat i don't know for some reason they did those posts are really long so i would say start with target audience start with who you're trying to address start with your niche and from there, let that drive uh, what you need. But then when you're looking at tools, make sure it goes that last mile of AI. And then for anyone that works at a larger company, what is incredibly important is you want to look for someone that has their own technology. So we are very unique in the AI app space, and then we built our own large language model. So it's actually beating ChatGPT in 80% of blind user tests, um, which is pretty incredible for a startup of our size. But what that allows us to do is we can deploy that model in that company's enterprise tech stack. Therefore, their IP and their data never leaves their warehouse. So there's a lot of people that have given very confidential information to ChatGPT unknowingly, and so many corporates are just shutting it down. They're not even letting them use the AI on their network. So just make sure you understand what's happening with your data, especially if you work in a very highly regulated company. That's my uh, uh, company had to send out this like email that like shut it down. <laughs> They're just like, if you're using this, please stop doing it at this time as we work on discussing as a board what we're going to do. I mean, which honestly makes sense. Like, it's a conversation that should have happen in the future of how business and AI are going to work together. But like, it was the most awkward email to be like, I don't feel like anyone knew I was writing in. How do I do this Excel formula? But apparently I can't do that now. Right. Because honestly, Ch- chat GPT was my the way that I got through a lot of Excel stuff and everything like that, because it really writes code and stuff like that really nicely. So. Can, 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 we do, can we do a question for the group? Like, yeah, go for I, it. I'm curious if, if we keep on this pace, what, what field do you guys think become irrelevant? What jobs are no See, longer relevant? I personally think, and this might be a strong take, is that I, I think that none of them will become irrelevant but they will be redefined in terms of what work is. So like a content creator, for example, is someone that knows how to communicate via brand to an AI. You know what I mean? Like I, as a content creator, can get hired by someone and it's like, great, I need a week's worth of socials. This is what we're going to do. Great, let Mm -hmm. me type up what your brand is, everything. But I don't think it's going to like make it irrelevant. But also you made a point at the beginning, which I think is so huge is that I think as humans, we innately are going to connect more with the ability to create things so much easier, you know? And I think that is where it's going to like blossom where people thought that, oh, I couldn't make that drawing or I couldn't do that. No, it's in your head. You just needed Mm -hmm. a tool that could make it happen. Yeah. I think it will make people work smarter and like enhance their work. But I don't know. It's crazy because I feel like McDonald's just opened their first like autonomous restaurant. And it's like, oh, wow. I do think it will. (laughs) I I think it'll take away all service industry roles like fast food stuff. I really do think it will unfortunately, because that's a lot of workforce, but I do, I do think it will. I never knew that like they're already starting to use it for like ordering. Oh yeah. At the, like, it's not the person talking anymore. It's like a call center or like someone. 
Oh, I didn't know that. That's what you're saying. The drive-through is like a call center person yeah, or like totally. an AI. Blend? And they're starting to move it towards AI as well. Yeah, eventually it's just going to be like a Siri. Like they're going to have a simulated voice that's fine-tuned to making you order more food. Yeah, and I think they're already starting to do some of that. So, Can you guys imagine like you're trying to finish your order at Taco Bell and they're like, are you sure you don't want another TZ Gordita crunch? (laughs) There's going to be this like... Five more Baja Blast. And they're trying to upsell you. Yeah, there's gonna be like upselling. instead of road rage, it's gonna be like fast food rage. It's gonna be this like wave of the country just like beating fast food speakers. It's, it's gonna be like the automated like call buttons where you yeah. have to press numbers, yeah. but it's just a never-ending loop of additional menu items. Yeah. That, oh my god, I did not think about that hell until now. <laughs> But to the same point, <laughs> that's what happens when you build a bad AI is that yeah. someone had to teach it to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, I, I hope I'm the one teaching it and not having to deal with that. that I'd, I'd be a far weaker man. Right. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge with our listeners. Yeah. And we're super excited to see Go Charlie expanding and doing more tricks are they tricks i guess dogs do tricks michael's laughing that uh, i write our copy and i write it from the perspective of me being Uh, a dog i love that so much everything is possum in in their partners everything is dog branded it's adorable though that's awesome sometimes they throw us a bone Except for the cat <laughs> people think of Charlie. Yeah, so someone someone told me that Charlie looked like someone on Fiverr designed it, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> mom liked it, so." <laughs> no, I did actually. Speaking, taking it back to weddings, we had someone design on Fiverr a, a thing of our dog, and it turned out pretty cute. Five dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I see maybe what that person might have been saying. <laughs> no. But thank you so much for coming on. Everyone follow Go Charlie and Brennan's journey and keep us posted about fundraising and all that good jazz. Like I'm excited to see you explode. Yeah, we uh we'll fund drop the news here. We just got a five hundred K check committed today. So yeah, nice. celebration. So you guys are very dollar bills, y'all. Party. Um, how uh, other than going to gocharlie.ai, how can people re- follow GoCharlie and everything of that nature? Yeah, so we we have gocharlie.ai on Twitter, on Instagram. We do some LinkedIn. Uh, I am kind of the the publicist of the company, so a lot of mm. times I will post about things. So Brennan Woodruff, I didn't do any cool nicknames because apparently I was not original at that stage of my life. Uh, so just Brennan Woodruff across Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all all that fun jazz. Yes. Well, everyone follow. Thank you so much. Give Charlie a pat on the head. <laughs> um, and we'll talk to you next week, listeners. Bye. Bye. Ask Ozzy's artwork was created by Vaughn Shane. Theme song by Diana Weizar and produced by Michael Owen Akamai. If you have questions you would like to ask Aussie, please write us at askaussiepod at gmail.com or visit our website, www.askaussie.com. Follow us for more content on Instagram and LinkedIn at askaussie. That's A-S-K 
A-U-S-S-I-E. Listen weekly with new episodes dropping every Monday. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Help promote us by telling your friends and sharing on socials. And, and remember, remember, just, just ask. Ask, ask, ask Aussie. Get your questions ready for Ask Aussie. Ask Aussie. How to open up some doors. Ask Aussie. Ask Aussie. Work-life balance. What's that for?